Hammer, and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Hey, now, my name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out having breast reduction surgery, which means <laughs> Naptown Bry, the pride of Georgia, Brian Baker, in the hot seat today. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me on last minute here, and I am glad to be sitting in uh, the co-pilot seat. So we're going to get to what happened in your state coming up here in just a moment. Big runoff election last night. But let's start a little local. Um, our news gathering partners at Wish TV. They caught up with Governor Eric Holcomb. There's a lot of chatter, little scuttlebutt, if you will, that the yeah. current governor may be interested in running for Senate. We've got a, a long session, January through April, and we've got to we've got to win that race first and foremost. So there'll be time for me to think about the future in the future. But it would be uh, next to irresponsible for me to take my eye off the job that I got. So it was a non-answer right there, Brian. He didn't say he was not interested, but he's focused on the upcoming session. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, this is the era of failing forward, so why not send Colcom on down to Washington, D.C.? Why not send him up there? I think that's a great idea. No, I mean, I think his answer, even though it's a bit of a non-answer, that's probably the direction he's going, right? There's been rumors that this has kind of been in the works for a while and that he has aspirations of running for Senate. So, yeah, I suspect that's probably what uh, he's planning on. So there could be the old switcheroo going on here because they're talking about Mike Braun's Senate seat. Well, the worst kept secret in Indiana is that Mike Braun is going to run for governor. He's already filed right. the paperwork. You've got two other candidates. You've got a Republican named Eric Benson and a progressive candidate named Marshall Travis. They've also announced their plans to run for the Senate seat being vacated by Mike Braun. But let's be honest here, Brian, there's going to be more names, some potential big names in the mix here. We're talking Jim Banks. We're talking Victoria Sparts, possibly Trey Hollingsworth. There's going to be some major political dominoes the next year and a half here in Indiana. Yeah, and you know, I, I think there's been speculation to this point, but I, Mike Braun, I suspect, has been really getting a, an up-close and personal look, obviously, at how the sausage is made in Washington, D.C., and is probably, because he is a Hoosier and he built a business in the state of Indiana and was very successful, is looking at where he can have the greatest impact and actually affect change. And that's hard to do on the national level, a little bit easier to do on the local level. So, you know, I, I think that he could potentially be a wonderful governor for the state of Indiana. Um, you know, I just have to see how it all shakes out. But in terms of uh, the number of candidates, Candidates. Listen, Indiana's small time because down here in Georgia, they'll put anybody on the ballot and as many <laughs> folks as you could possibly. We are so screwed up in our voting system down here. All right, so let's get into it. Last night was the big runoff election in your state in Georgia, and it went pretty much the way that we thought it would go. We knew it would be close, but ultimately, Raphael Warnock defeated Herschel Walker. Another loss for the Republicans, which means mm -hmm. that in the last two years where there have been crime and fentanyl and inflation and every horrible thing you can imagine, it's gone on in the last two years, the Republicans lost the Senate seat. Yeah, and you know, 
I was disappointed, but not necessarily surprised. I mean, Democrats spent a ton of money in all of the swing states, and uh, that, that certainly was uh, there was no exception down here in the state of Georgia. And the Warnock campaign was just brutal in their messaging, and they were really aggressive. I was getting hit every single day. I don't even know how they get my number and why they're texting me. There's not a chance in hell that I am <laughs> voting for a Democrat. I don't care if Jesus Christ is on their ballot, man. I'm not voting for a Democrat. But, uh, you know, I, I was disappointed in the outcome, but not necessarily surprised. We didn't have a strong candidate. Herschel Walker was a terrible candidate. So this goes into a larger debate then. Is it simply a matter of the Republicans putting up stiffs as candidates, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, Herschel Walker in Georgia, or does this go to the leadership? Because you know me, Brian, I'm a sports guy. And if there's a coach with consecutive losing seasons, guess what? He always, almost always gets fired. Why haven't there been any changes at all with the Republican National Committee, with the House, with the Senate? I honestly don't know, except maybe there's just a general apathy and people have kind of thrown in the towel and given up. I mean, look at everything that we've been through over the last several years. Maybe folks have just gotten themselves to a point in their minds where they just figure it's hopeless at this point. And they're, we're only going, you know, the, the destination is already predetermined. It's just when are we actually going to arrive? That's the only thing I can figure. This is a uh, tweet from Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Quote, another Senate election? Another GOP loss. Maybe time for the Senate GOP to change direction, craft a new agenda to, you know, appeal to voters. Just a thought. That was Missouri's Josh Hawley. And Brian, it's not just the bad candidates. It's not just the leadership. It's a combination of a lot of things. It's the messaging and it's the fundraising. Listen, we talked about all of the ridiculous things that have gone on in this country in the last two years, but for whatever reason, the Democrats are dusting. I mean, beating the living hell out of the Republicans in fundraising. Well, yeah, and, and Republicans have done a poor job getting the message out. I mean, they, they kind of they go down all these different rabbit trails, and I think the messaging starts to get a little bit convoluted and people become confused. But, you know, the other challenge right now, man, is that I think we have so many people. I, I was thinking about this last night while I was standing in line waiting to vote, and there were a lot of young people there. And I thought to myself, you know, young people voting is so potentially dangerous because their experience of history at that age is just what they've read in a book, what they've been exposed to in the classroom, or maybe what they've seen in a YouTube docu documentary or some kind of a series. I mean, they haven't actually lived through a whole lot and experienced a lot of, of challenges firsthand. And so they're going into that booth, no matter how much they know about the candidates and, and what platforms they're on and, and, and what their policies will be. There's just a built in level of ignorance that only gets better. You know, you only gain that wisdom with age and living through some of the challenges. And that to me is extremely frightening because Democrats have had a stronghold on the education system for a long time. They've been very strong in their messaging. And up until recently, they've really had the monopoly on these platforms where a lot of young people are getting their information like Twitter and Facebook and all the social media platforms. The only good thing that came out of that Georgia runoff election was we got this piece of gold from Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. He went on this very short tirade against Kale while campaigning for Herschel <laughs> Walker. 
Now, I'm going to play you a piece of audio here, Brian. Again, this, for me, was the only highlight out of anything that came out of Georgia. This is Louisiana's John Kennedy. These woke, high-IQ, stupid people, they're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They hate Dr. Zeus, and they hate Mr. Potato Head. These woke... High IQ stupid people, they walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy. Now, if you want to eat kale, that's up to you. I don't eat kale. You know why? Because kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. (laughs) That's the only good thing. The only thing that came out of Georgia's runoff election for the conservatives. I do love him so dearly. Oh, God, he's great. Um, may he live uh, well past many years to come here and, and be able to deliver gems like that. He's fantastic. I love him. So we've got Sam as our producer today. Sam, I want you to get ready to play that clip one more time. But this time, I want everybody that's of a certain age that remembers this reference, I want you to close your eyes and visualize Boss Hog from the old yes. TV show Dukes of Hazard. These woke, high-IQ, stupid people, they're easy to recognize. They hate George Washington. They hate Thomas Jefferson. They and they hate Dr. them Duke Zeus, boys. They hate Mr. Potato Head. These woke, high-IQ, stupid people, they walk around with Ziploc bags of kale that they can eat to give them energy. Roscoe! Now, if you don't eat kale, that's up to you. I don't eat kale. Do you know why? Because kale tastes to me like I'd rather be fat. <laughs> I hate them Duke boys. It's so good. Oh, it's beautiful. Matt Bear standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. Never to present. Booze news, booze news. All right, Brian Baker filling in for Big Nige. Mr. Baker, do you know who the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee is? Do you know who it is? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Go ahead. All right, I was going to say, is it India Ken Cannon? I only know because I, I was seeing this coming up on the rundown, and I was looking up wanting to know who the mayor was. So it just, I have it in front of me. No, the uh, the mayor of Knoxville, correct me if I'm wrong, is former WWE superstar Glenn Jacobs, who's better known as Kane. He is the mayor of Knox County, including Knoxville, in the greater Tennessee area. The dude who oh. used to wear the big red outfit and had the fire, and he had the feud with The Undertaker. That's the mayor of Knoxville right there. Wait, uh, no, wait a minute. I thought Kane was uh, the bad guy in the Poltergeist movies that... <laughs> You're thinking of Joe Biden. You're thinking of Joe Biden, Brian. <laughs> the reason we bring up Knoxville, Dateline Knoxville, the city of Knoxville, Tennessee, is going after booze vendor Aramark for getting people too drunk and serving minors at Tennessee volunteer football games. <laughs> wait, wait, wait so they're the manufacturers of, of the booze? They're the big booze vendor, Aramark, right? So they're the ones that have the concession stands and do all that kind of stuff. The city 
is going after Aramark after there were three cases of underage sales going on and, quote, general disorderly conduct on game days. The city wants to suspend alcohol sales for three home games next year at Neyland Stadium, home of the Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to go over too well. No. I don't think folks are going to. Knoxville's a great town, but they uh, they take their tailgating and they take their sports seriously, man. You don't want to get that crowd riled up. So the vendor, Aramark, filed a motion to strike down parts of the complaint on the grounds that the alcohol company has no jurisdiction or control within the stadium. However, the uh, city officials from Knoxville claim that that excuse from the vendor doesn't fly. So you're right, Brian. I am a card-carrying member of the Big Orange Army. I love the Tennessee Volunteers. But whether it's Tennessee, whether it's Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, I have a shocking news bulletin for people Drinking is going to happen at those facilities on game day, whether or not Aramark is there or not. Yeah, I I don't know how you're going to possibly stop that. There are weird laws around the sales of alcohol, though, and and, uh, consequences. I mean, there's things on the book. I remember from when I was a bartender, you had to be really careful about over-serving because if somebody had too much to drink and and you happen to be their bartender and they go down the street, they get into a car accident, they kill somebody, you can actually be, uh, you know, brought into court as part of that uh, that lawsuit and held liable because you over-served them. But does the city of Knoxville really think that uh, three underage sales is the reason why a hundred plus thousand <laughs> drunken hillbillies like me are all wearing orange and singing Rocky Top? Is that what they're going to go with? Like, has anybody that's a part of this litigation going on in Knoxville actually been to a major sporting event, especially college football in the South? Tailgating takes place, and shocker, people are drinking outside before they come into the stadium. Hell, people are drinking at home before they get in the car and go to the stadium to do more drinking before they actually get in. Well, this is, uh, you know, the city of Knoxville that's doing it. And as we have learned over the last several years, Hammer, uh, intelligence, common sense, these are not prerequisites to serve in public office, so... Yeah, good luck with that. I I have a hard time believing that next year, when it's time for SEC football, they're going to tell the 100,000 people all yelling Rocky Top, sorry, water and soft drinks only. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah, God bless them. Um, We are approaching the holidays, and we've been trying to get everybody into the holiday spirit here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So I think what we need right now to lift everybody's spirits is a good old-fashioned holiday memory from the first lady of WIBC, the lovely Terry Stacy. Christmas is no time to be singing. Holiday Memories with Terry Stacy. The best way to stay warm during the holidays is to put a live weasel down the front of your underwear. And this has been Holiday <laughs> Memories with Terry Stacy. They do things differently in the Stacy house, Brian. I'm not sure if yeah. you're aware of that. They have different meals. They have different traditions. But I think that's true. If you want to stay warm, put a live weasel down the front of your underwear. 
Um, yeah, good advice. I, I want to ask you real quickly, though, because of uh, my question about Christmas traditions. You guys do something really unique in your family, man. Your wife puts up a tree in every freaking room in the house. Oh, Brian, there are two trees in every room in the house. The crazy <laughs> Christmas lady, she gets down. She, she is awesome. all business when it comes to Christmas. We talked about this earlier. She spent $100 at the Dollar Tree on outdoor fence decorations that we're just going to throw away at the end of the month, Brian. She's awesome, man. Is now, is this like part of a, a long uh, family history thing that's been passed down from generations? Or is she just, you know, she loves Christmas and she just goes overboard. That's it. I mean, she's always done it as long as I've known her, but this is her thing. She is full on Clark Griswold, Ellen Griswold, all wrapped up into one when it comes to the holidays, man. Oh, man, she she's a rock star. I didn't even want to put up one tree this year, let alone <laughs> 20 of them. <laughs> Do you uh, have any of the shopping done? Have you gone out yet, Brian? We got all that done well in advance, and uh, let me tell you something. Because, uh, you know, Hammer, I, I, I'm not uh, currently uh, full-time employed with WIBC anymore, and so we're, kind of, we're looking at the budget this year. So let me tell you what I got the wife this year. I hope she's not listening, but uh, I, I bought her a, a new set of tires for her Kia. Oh, that's a great gift. Like, that's a great (laughs) gift. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. Somebody buys me tires. I'm doing backflips, man. That's exciting. Right. I know. And it's practical. You know, it keeps the family safe. I mean, I'll find some way to spend it it so that it's acceptable (laughs) instead of giving her jewelry. Right. I'm with you. I will have your back on that one. But here's another tip. In case she wants something that the whole family can use for fun purposes, did you know, Brian, the Hammer and Nigel Show board game is now available to be purchased? Did you hear about this? No. Oh, man. Take a listen. Move over Monopoly. This Christmas, there's only one item that can bring the whole family together. Hammer and Nigel Products presents the Hammer and Nigel Show, the board game. (laughs) Just set up the game board, roll the dice, and follow the instructions on the corresponding cards. Like this. Look, Dad, you landed on lewd nude due to the news. (laughs) I sure did, Jimmy. Now here, help me get these underwear off. It's perfect for children of all ages and ideal for family game night. Okay, Mom, you landed on booze news. (laughs) I love you. Now pass Mama that case of Old Milwaukee. And if you order in the next 10 minutes, we'll even throw in another game for free. Elizabeth Warren's Twister. Left foot red. Yeah! Left foot red. (laughs) The Hammer and Nigel Show board game. Order today. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIBC. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. And let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on investigative columnist for the Daily Signal and the Heritage Foundation, Tony Kennett. Tony, you joined us on Monday with some breaking news from an Indiana school. For those who didn't get a chance to hear our conversation, reset what you talked about with us on Monday. 
Absolutely. So breaking news coming out over the last couple of weeks that the South Madison Community School Corporation, that's in Pendleton for those who don't know the acronyms, uh, they have uh, really upset a lot of their teachers, a lot of their counselors, and a lot of their parents because the administration, that being the superintendent and assistant superintendent, have been ordering the counseling staff to send emails to parents, in wh- or excuse me, to send emails to teachers in which uh, they tell the teachers that they are to keep any gender support plan language away from parents, uh, that if a kid comes forward and says, hey, I want to transition, I want to use a different name and pronouns, that the counseling staff is ordered to require the teachers to hide it from parents if it's a not what they consider a not supportive environment. And a lot of teachers and counselors at Pendleton, they feel as though they're being told to lie. In fact, one teacher resigned in partly in protest of this. She said it made her feel physically sick to lie to parents. Uh, and it's, it's been a huge mess. It's, it's, it's really sickening to hear this stuff going on in Indiana schools. And Tony, the thing that sticks out to me is since we had that conversation on Monday, our inbox has been flooded with parents and even some teachers who wish to remain anonymous saying, hey, it's not just happening in Pendleton. It's happening in our school district, too. Well, if that's the case, please, by all means, contact me at Tony.Kinnett, K-I-N-N-E-T-T, at DailySignal.com. I would love to speak with you as soon as possible. If you're a teacher, you have whistleblower protections in the state of Indiana. This is not some settled state law. Don't let any LGBTQ advocate like the one the Pendleton School Corporation hired tell you any differently. Uh, There is no reason under FERPA that the school can withhold information of a medical or a counseling nature as far as a plan for a student from parents. Parents have a right to know what's going on with their kids. And furthermore, teachers should be working with the home, not against it. And a lot of teachers and counselors are very against this. Uh, This needs to be exposed because this kind of garbage needs to stop. So again, you've got teachers and counselors at this school flat out saying and writing it down. You've got the documentation. You've posted the emails in your article at Daily Signal saying they're going to keep this from the kids' parents. Have we heard from any officials at the Pendleton Heights School District since this story broke? Uh, In a roundabout way. So the legal counsel uh, from Church Churchill and Antrim, that's the uh, legal group from Noblesville that uh, the South Madison Community School Corporation hired, advised the superintendent and the assistant superintendent not to speak to us under any circumstances, which is very cowardly, and it's a very bad way to address a situation, but that's the way it is. I have spoken with some school board members. I spoke with the school board president, but he refused to go on record and made up a very silly excuse as to why he couldn't comment on policy. And then I've talked to a few other school board members, one of whom, uh, Kay Wolverton, has gone on the record saying this is not a district-approved policy. She is trying to get to the bottom of this. And more, more than anything, actually, she's trying to get the venue enlarged to a larger space for tomorrow night's school board meeting at 7 p.m. Uh, because there are so many parents and local community members that want to come find out what the heck's going on because the administration has been silent about it. When's the next school board meeting? If somebody is listening to this that you know has a kid in the Pendleton schools, or maybe it's just somebody that's concerned and they want to get information here, uh, when is the next school board meeting? 
It is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. It is tomorrow night, Thursday, at 7 p.m. I will be there. I have some questions from a journalist's perspective that I plan to ask that the district needs to answer. It is the right of the community to know what's going on in a public school. And I think what you said is right, Hammer. You don't just have to be a parent. If you're paying tax dollars in Madison County, those are going towards the South Madison Community School Corporation. If you're in that district, you're paying for it. You're a stakeholder. These things need to be answerable to all people, whether you support it or not. I mean, hey, if you support gender support plans, put it up on the website with the rest of the documents. Don't hide them from parents and community members like we're not mature enough to handle the information. You're not special. Now, based off of your experience of covering fiery school board meetings and hot topics, because over the last couple of years, it's been, you know, a hot topic attending school board meetings where one side of the political scale is trying to call you a domestic terrorist while other folks are going in there saying, what the hell's going on? What can people expect when they go to uh, this school board meeting tomorrow? Let's say somebody's listening, Tony, that's never been to one of these before. Well, you're going to show up at this present time to the South Madison School Corporation or Community School Corporation Administrative Building, and uh, you'll park, you'll head on in. They may have you sign if you want to ask a question. They may ask, say, like, hey, here's where I'm from. Here's, you know, my name so that they know how to address you. And then you basically come in and sit down, and then they start going through the meeting minutes at the beginning. They'll you know, bring everyone in, the school members, the school board members, excuse me, will be sitting up there, the superintendent should be up there. And they'll just kind of go through an orderly process until it gets time to go to the public comment section in which they'll outline some kind of rules for it, and then you should get right into it. I'm not expecting you know, any of the crazy nonsense that I'm sure the Indiana State Teachers Association and Jennifer McCormick will claim about this school board meeting tomorrow night. It should just be a place for community members to express their concerns and seek answers from the school board. Tony Kennett joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Tony, one school district that has certainly had their fair share of high profile school board meetings, among other things, was Loudoun County, Virginia. This place was like ground zero for the culture fight between parents and teachers and administrators. There's a story coming out of Loudoun County that the grand jury reporting that educators were looking out for their own personal interests over student safety in Loudoun County. Take me through this. Uh, So Loudoun County has become one of the school systems that everyone has realized has been trying to pull the wool over parents' eyes in the last couple of years. Uh, There have been several high-profile cases out of Loudoun County. For example, uh, there were several sexual assaults against student, uh, student student-to-student sexual assaults, many involving uh, LGBTQ situations in bathrooms and locker rooms that the school tried to hide from parents. In fact, the parents of those victims, they really tried to shuffle these cases away And it's cases like these that have come under scrutiny, and they've found that a lot of teachers have known about these incidents, and instead of reporting them to parents, instead of reporting certain things that mandatory reporters would be required to not just tell the school about, but child protective services in general, if any case of abuse is going on, a lot of these teachers simply opted to look the other way uh, because they didn't want to bring any attention to themselves. And that is, more than anything, that's sad, uh, because that shows that people are more... I would say more 
prescient towards being comfortable rather than towards serving their kids. And those are the last kind of people that we need in our schools. Yeah, and the thing that really is problematic is that Loudoun County, they just got caught. You know damn well, Tony, this type of crap has probably happened in every state in America. It's probably happened here in Indy, but Loudoun County, they just happened to get caught this time. You said it yourself. After we reported on the story on Monday, you guys started being flooded with messages from parents and teachers around the state saying, hey, comma, this stuff is going on here at this school. And they start providing you evidence and examples. But if you try to bring this stuff out into the public, so many will tell you it's a nothing burger. It's not a big deal. Nobody cares. It's actually just Republicans being domestic terrorists. That's not the case. This is a situation where we've allowed apathy to ruin the public education system by hiring those who have their own interests at heart rather than our children's. So, Tony, for those who have been uh, keeping track of your career, tell me about the places you're at right now. Uh, I'm currently an investigative columnist with The Daily Signal. I'm working on several national stories, mainly in the thread of exposing a lot of the education stories that have been ignored by mainstream media in the last couple of years. So if you look at the Indy Star, if you look at uh, Chalkbeat, Indiana, there have been a lot of stories in the past that I have exposed that they haven't even touched. And it's because they have a political narrative. They have a political motive of only promoting education stories that benefit their policies. I think that's gross. I think that if it's an education story, it deserves to be told no matter who it benefits. If my tax dollars are going to a school, I should be able to see what is going on in the district, whether I like it or not. And these are the things that I'm spearheading, especially combating the myth that just because we're in a quote unquote red state, that that makes it a safe place for conservatives to raise their kids. In fact, what we usually find is that it's in those red states that it's all the more dangerous because some of these schools have been operating without any kind of oversight for decades. Well, Tony, I know you've been on twice this week with us, but on Friday, we would love to have you back. If you're going to this school board meeting uh, in Pendleton tomorrow night, we'd love to have you back on Friday to kind of recap it, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, Absolutely. I would love to come back on and, and share what I have. I will be videotaping as much of it as I can. And uh, above all, making sure the district is accountable to the uh, community members at SMCSE. Where can we get more information, my friend? You can always follow me on Twitter at TheTonus, T-H-E-T-O-N-U-S. But you can also check some of my latest work over at DailySignal.com. Tony Kennett, keep fighting the fight, my man. We appreciate what you do, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Anytime, guys. You have a great Wednesday. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 47 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Uh, Big Nige is out, and Brian Baker is filling in. Brian, coming up at uh, 4.30, I want to do one of the traditional-style breakdowns because you live in Georgia, and you sent me a text message earlier today that said, you know what, there may be some advantages of Warnock winning this thing last night. So I want you to tell me them on the air. Don't tell me now. Tell me, coming up at 4.35, what in blue hell could possibly be good (laughs) about this radical lunatic winning last night? I will say, I had to work really hard at this. (laughs) (laughs) How uh, How was voter turnout? You said you went and voted yesterday. I heard the weather was, like, real rainy in some parts of the state. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was back in Indiana. The weather has been terrible down here this week, but voter turnout was really strong, man. I was impressed at the number of people that showed up because you don't normally expect that. But, you know, both candidates got the word out and people were waiting in long lines to make sure that their vote was uh, was accounted for. How long was your wait in line, if you don't mind me asking? It was about 20 minutes. So, I mean, you know, it could have been worse. But I, again, we're talking about the country, folks. So I say if you can camp out for three days to take advantage of a deal <laughs> on a flat screen television, you can probably wait in line to cast your vote, don't you think? I'm with you. So we'll have a breakdown with Brian Baker coming up about 435. A uh, little reminder that this Friday, Nigel and I will be broadcasting live from Sullivan's. Sullivan's Hardware Store, 71st and Keystone, it's Radiothon, and we want everybody to show up, right? We want this to be a loud, rowdy, Hammer and Nigel Show tour stop. When we have gone on the road, we packed Shelbyville, we packed Thompson Furniture in Columbus, uh, Putters in Shelbyville, we rocked that joint, Hammer and Nigel Nation. Let's pack Sullivan's on Friday. It's beer sample Friday. I know Pat's going to have the bar open, so we're going to have a yeah. good time. We're going to raise a little money, help some kids have a good Christmas, help some women who may have had some problems at home. That's what we're going to do on Friday. Hammer and Nigel show live. Bring everybody out. Let's have a good time. 93 WIBC. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Hey now, my name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. Brian Baker checking in from the great state of Georgia. He's along with us this afternoon. Brian, let's go back to last Friday. Nigel and I yes. were on the air. It was toward the end of our show. And then we started seeing the Twitter files trending on social media so we signed off on our show and then this thread this amazing twitter thread from a writer matt taibbi i always butcher his name i think i said that right he puts (laughs) this out and it's like a 30 plus tweet thread outlining how the hunter biden laptop story was censored from inside did you get a chance to check it out I did, and I don't understand the lack of outrage right now and the lack of coverage because this is such a huge story, and it seems like it's kind of getting swept under the rug to a certain extent with the exception of some of the more conservative media outlets. So yesterday, there was a brief update from Matt. Now, again, the way that this has worked is Elon Musk reached out to two journalists. Barry Weiss was one of them. She's got a lot of this information, and Matt uh, Taibbi has got more information. Matt put out the first thread, and then all weekend long, we were teased with more to come. Stand by, more to come. Well, nothing ever happened. But what happened yesterday explained why nothing happened over the weekend. So it turns out that Jim Baker, scumbag attorney Jim Baker, was One, still employed by Twitter, and two, was limiting the information that was given to these journalists. Now, now, Brian, if this name sounds familiar, this would be the same Jim Baker who previously worked as an FBI attorney who passed on fake dirt 
from the Hillary campaign and her operatives in 2016. This weasel, who has always been full of liberal bullcrap, was working at Twitter, of course, under the old ownership, but had not yet been let go, and was even trying to censor the information Elon was giving to these writers. Frightening, isn't it? Just how much power one person can have. And I, I, it probably goes to a greater discussion about how these platforms are now going to be regulated. Because as soon as you introduce individual decision making and individual biases into the process, there's no way that it's going to work out okay and that it's going to be completely straight down the line. So let's get into that because I thought you said something really interesting right there. Do you really think? that these platforms are going to be regulated any differently because Twitter will be, but it took the richest man in the world to buy it and they're still having problems. I see no motivation for Mark Zuckerberg to do anything different. I see no motivation for Jeff Bezos and the Washington Post to do anything different. I don't see any of that right now. You know, I, I'm not sure. I, I think that these platforms themselves, I mean, they really have, they become content platforms now, just like uh, the radio waves that we're broadcasting on right now. So, you know, from that perspective, they probably, there need to be changes put in place and they probably need to be regulated like utilities are regulated. But um, do I think that those changes will take place? I don't know. I It's it's highly doubtful. I mean, it is it's such a huge tangled mess to unravel and I, I don't even really know exactly how you would not only implement some of these changes but then how you would have a system of checks and, and balances and and who's going to keep track of that who's going to keep watch on that because the government doesn't have a great track record right and you know me i'm a sports betting guy so i'm putting my chips in the middle of the table i'm putting my money down right now that this is how exactly it's going to play out conservatives will bitch they will moan they will call hearings people will testify yep. and at the end of the day nothing is going to happen it's like that scene in liar liar where jim carrey says you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna bend over and take it up the tailpipe that's exactly <laughs> how this whole thing is going to play out you're probably right i don't know i i also though i i have a uh, a bit of a suspicion i think some of these social media platforms over time as uh, as the next generation comes along i think some of these things are going to die out and and people are going to start to reject these platforms just because we've become so keenly aware of how damaging they can be to the individual and to kids so i don't know that maybe that's just wishful thinking on my behalf so again, for those of you scoring at home, because I know this is kind of a complicated story, this is how I'm going to write this down in terms of Cliff's notes. The FBI's <laughs> former attorney who previously passed on lies from the Hillary Clinton campaign to the feds was the one vetting Twitter files, because hired by Twitter, to be given to journalists that might reveal FBI collusion, and the new owner wasn't told any of this so no. this is a mess this is a bad story and i believe seven seconds that's how much time the sunday morning news talk shows that aren't on fox talked about what's happening with social media specifically twitter this past weekend seven seconds brian yeah but they were all over uh, who donald trump was dining with Oh, hot damn. There was that. And I will say NBC did talk about Twitter, but they talked about how much hate speech is now on Twitter since Elon Musk took over. So there Such was selective that. selective outrage. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's disheartening, Hammer. We haven't done this in a while. Let's, uh, let's do a little vaccine stuff.
pharmacies, antibodies, side effects, vaccine stuff. <laughs> Brian, you're a parent. I'm a yes. parent. Uh, your kids are a little bit younger than mine, so maybe this will be something that puts a smile on your face. Pfizer has asked the FDA to clear updated COVID shots for children under the age of five now. (laughs) (laughs) Pfizer is requesting that the FDA update its COVID-19 vaccine for children so kids under the age of five can get this thing. Well, you got to keep those stock prices up, right? Hey, you know, my daughter is uh, six years old. She has not had the vaccine yet. Um, I, I am fully vaccinated. I mean, I swear to God, I, I've had, I, I don't know how many boosters at this point in time because of the uh, the film industry. And I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I'm actually coming off of my uh, second bout with COVID. So, um, you know, uh, seeing this come across the wires, I suspect that a lot of parents probably feel the same way that my wife and I do, which is that our daughter is young. She's healthy. Healthy. She's got a healthy immune system, and I'm just not willing to gamble that much at this point with something that is is new. And I, you know, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. As I said, I took it. My wife took it. I've been encouraging uh, my parents to maybe take a look at, at getting a booster as well. But yeah, it's not going to affect anything in our household. There's a difference between being not an anti-vaxxer and somebody who feels like it shouldn't be mandated from the government. Because there are still some states, there are still some schools, Notre Dame being one of them, that requires all students to have the vaccine even, and this is my favorite part, Brian, even if you are studying remotely. So sitting in your living room by yourself doing virtual learning for a class at Notre Dame, you are required to have the vaccine. Oh, God. You know, and, and people take it to such extremes. That, yeah, I think I, I've told you before, down here in Peachtree City, everybody rides golf carts. I saw a gal the other day riding on the path. She had her mask on. She's riding on a golf cart outside by herself wearing her mask, being safe, of course, but sure. she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> No seatbelt, but hot damn, that mask was strapped on tight. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. Yeah, protecting yourself and protecting others. Uh, Of course, today, December 7th, we remember Pearl Harbor. It was on this date in 1941 uh, that the base in Hawaii and Honolulu was attacked, which ultimately Mm -hmm. got the United States into the war. Um, Man. 2,400 servicemen killed in the bombing. Uh, It got the U.S. into World War II. The USS Arizona lost 1,177 sailors and Marines, nearly half the death toll. So when you think about the horrific things that took place that day, Brian, never forget that Kamala Harris, the old cackling queen herself, compared what happened on Pearl Harbor Day and 9-11 to January 6th. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, 
and January 6th, 2021. She is so sick. And by the way, can somebody get her to an ear, nose, and throat specialist, please? I can't listen to this for the next two years. (laughs) Jeez. You know how insulting that is? Like, you think about the thousands of people that died on 9-11, and then, of course, on this date in 1941, and one person was murdered on January 6th, and it was a protester. It wasn't one of law enforcement. There were some other deaths, but the reports have shown, and again, this isn't me speaking, these are actual documented reports that you know medical conditions took place. The way they yeah. talk about January 6th, you would think that all these bloodthirsty Trump supporters decapitated 55 people when the fact of the matter is Alec Baldwin has killed the same amount of people as the protesters on January 6th. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at that, but that was a good line. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it, it goes to what I was saying earlier too, Hammer, about just how dangerous young people are when they go to the polls because they don't really have any frame of reference when it comes to to history. So you know, they're just taking that, hearing that stuff coming from Kamala Harris, and doing, oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Because again, unless you have actually been through the experience yourself and lived the history, you just don't have the the same understanding of what that was. You can't get the same thing from a book or from a classroom. You see this from a lot of younger people. I mean, Kamala Harris isn't young. Don't get it twisted. But so many young people compare something they don't like to some of the biggest atrocities or horrible people imaginable. (laughs) Anybody they don't like is Hitler. Everybody they don't Uh like is worse than Hitler. And January 6th is on par, according to the vice president, with with, uh, what happened on 9-11 and Pearl Harbor Day. That's embarrassing. But think about her lack of judgment as well, which we've had on full display here over the last couple of years. But her lack of judgment, that someone would write that speech for her because we know she didn't write it. And she looked at that and thought, I'm going to go deliver this in front of the American people. I would be so embarrassed. I don't care if I'm trying to you know, just uh, go take one for the team or not. I mean, how humiliating to put yourself in that position. Matt Baer standing by in the WIBC Traffic Center. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? This is how we're going to play Is This Anything today. I'm going to run some stories by Brian Baker, who's filling in for Nige. It will be Brian that tells us if these stories are anything or not. Are you ready, Brian? Let's do it. Is this anything? A new TikTok prank has people surrounding shoppers' cars with all the carts, the shopping carts, and then recording their reaction. So you park your car in the parking lot of a store, and then somebody puts a bunch of shopping carts around it, and they record your reaction. Here is an Oklahoma woman who was the victim of the prank with the police officer to talk about it afterwards. He kept saying his manager, Dave, told him to do that. So I turned around, went back into the store looking for this Dave. She's like, who are you? You don't work here. You don't work here. And both of them kept saying, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We were hired this morning. These two individuals are known by the PD. We've had other incidents with them, and they've been trespassed from other properties. And they want to catch people saying ugly things. When I decided to take their picture, 
they were like, oh, we forgot to say cheese. I wish they would just go get a real job. Is that anything? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something because it, it just goes to everyone now trying to get their, their 15 seconds of fame. And, you know, these TikTok pranks, I mean, they never wind up good. Somebody always winds up getting hurt or killed. And I'm telling you, uh, right now with the country on edge the way it is, you start surrounding somebody's vehicle with a bunch of shopping carts. That's not going to lead to anything good. Somebody's nope. going to get upset and uh, there's either going to be a beat down or shots are going to be fired. What would happen if somebody does that to Guy Relford's car? Can you imagine? Just that's probably not a uh, a savvy move on the pranksters. Yeah, but, but here's the thing: is that you know, like Guy Relford's a pretty intimidating looking guy, so you, they're not going to do it to him. They're probably going to look for people who appear somewhat vulnerable, right? So, I mean, imagine you know your poor mom or your grandmother is out just trying to get some shopping done, and all of a sudden she finds herself the victim of one of these pranks. I mean, <laughs> again, you're just you're you're playing with fire. Eventually, this is going to end with somebody getting hurt or killed. Cheryl on the YouTube chat says, "By the way, Brian." inflation has reduced 15 minutes of fame to just 15 seconds now so <laughs> you know, you know it, these, these pranks by the way i mean they're not even really that creative or good you want a good prank here's what you do you go out in the middle of the the, the big holiday rush right go out on a weekend when the fashion mall or uh, or castleton are just absolutely packed you get yourself some shopping bags you go in the in the morning you get yourself a spot right up front then you kind of wait until uh, you know the afternoon then you come out with your bags you put them in the <laughs> in the trunk of your car you get in your vehicle you start it up you you pull halfway out then you drive back into the spot get out take your bags and go back in the store now we're having some fun wow that's uh that sounds like that's a lot of work there brian that's <laughs> not something i think i want to sign up for right there um is this anything we have another tiktok moron some tiktok influencer will pay a $285 fine for doing a video where he hits a golf ball into the Grand Canyon. TikToker Katie Sigmund posted the video where she hits a golf ball at Mather Point and sends her club flying into the canyon as well. Is this anything? <sighs> Well, I mean, it's certainly uh, something, I guess, because obviously it's uh, it's we've got people that are watching it. And, and maybe that's the bigger story here. She actually has followers that are uh, taking time out of their day to watch her do this stupid prank. I mean, I, I don't really understand what the point is uh, other than just the general dumbing down of everyone. I don't know. I stay off of TikTok because it just to me, I don't know, maybe it's my age, but it seems like there's nothing of value there that I really want to consume. But apparently folks are making big money and, and have big followings and are becoming famous doing stupid crap like this. And you know how many great artists are out there that are just beating their heads against the wall? They've written great <laughs> screenplays, books, yeah, and they cannot make a living. Yet these idiots somehow are multimillionaires. Somebody has got the next great novel, the next great screenplay out there, but they can't get a look because of... Katie Sigmund hitting a golf ball into the Grand Canyon. You're absolutely right. All you great artists out there, you're trying too hard. That's the problem. It's the just, Hammer just and Nigel show. Guys, this Christmas, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. I'm talking about soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas available exclusively at Pajamagram. They are sensuous and smooth. I'm talking naturally nude pajamas feeling like her soft skin. More alluring than lingerie. 
the texture and touch of these PJs is very seductive. You're both going to love the feel of them. I know my wife does. She looks great in them. Order today, and Pajamagram will include a free matching naturally nude nighty. That's a $75 saving on a best-selling holiday gift. Best of all, Pajamagram does the wrapping for you with free gift packaging. In a year filled with the unexpected, get her something she can count on. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Christmas. So here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Go there right now and order the naturally nude pajamas. Pajamagram.com. Tell them Hammer and Nigel sent you. Denny Smith here for Sundown Gardens. Don't let the holiday season pass without a trip to Sundown Gardens. A lot of Christmas decorations still on display at Miss Mary's Gift Shop, and they're 20% off daily. That's 20% off. Come to Sundown Gardens to get your live garland or porch greenery decor, too. Sundown Gardens really appreciates your business in 2022, and it's very excited about what's coming in 2023. Sundown Gardens at 186th Street and Spring Mill Road. SundownGardens.com. That's SundownGardens.com. By the way, coming up a little bit after 5, we've got an all-new segment, Brian, called Religious Stuff. I'm so looking forward to that. We've got a very passionate, introductive piece for that. So that's coming up after 5. But right now, it's legal stuff. Dateline Chicago, a Chicago police officer who was actually vacationing in Florida, was arrested after being caught taking a leak in the ice machine at a beachside bar. According to the police who charged the visiting lawmen with battery and disorderly conduct, the police say the employee of Jimmy B's Beach Bar in St. Petersburg was, quote, attempting to get ice from the ice machine around 1230 a.m. when he discovered Henry Capich, 30-year-old, peeing in the ice machine. So I ask you. Brian Baker, an aristocrat, a man that has distinct tastes in life. Where's the weirdest place you've peed? <laughs> uh, let's see here. I, uh, I think I peed in. Uh, uh, I don't want to tell that. No, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this one. I, I, uh, I, I've peed in my own sink once. Okay, well that's not too bad. <laughs> That's not too bad. No, it's pretty gross, though. Now, Sam, yeah. who's our producer you? for today, he's uh, our producer in-house today as we rotate seats. Uh, where is the most unique place you've taken a number one? Uh, I don't have too crazy of a story there. Can I switch it up a little bit and say the most unique place a person has taken number one beside me? If this is an R. Kelly joke, I'm going to be very upset. It, it is not, no. But uh, in college, I was in a fraternity, and I had a little bit too much to, to drink. I also was ha- dealing with some stomach issues. And I was outside in our backyard uh, getting sick on the fraternity fence area. Sure. And a person decides to pull up right next to me as I am mid-spew, and they decide to go ahead and start peeing like nothing's wrong. And they ask me, hey, you doing all right, bud? As oh. if, as if they so you guys tell. bonded. So while you're leaning over hurling, somebody came by, whipped out the monster and took a leak, and you guys had some sort of moment. <laughs> it's certainly not the moment I was looking for, but sure, a moment occurred, yeah. That's fantastic. I can't beat that. I've, I've went number one in a funnel, which went into a balloon, which may or may not have been thrown at somebody. Oh, you know what? There it is. That's my spot. I I peed into a squirt gun once as a kid. There you go. Squirt gun fight with somebody I didn't like. Yeah. 
There was a uh, juniors against seniors water balloon fight that took place in the parking lot of Beach Grove High School. And as the senior class president, at that moment, I felt like Braveheart. There was no way I was going to let my group down. So I brought a little something extra to the water balloon fight that day, my friend. (laughs) They will not take away our freedom. (laughs) Oh, man. Now, creative. I got to give you points for that, my man. Thank you. For this next story, it's about our neighbors overseas. It's about the folks in the UK. So, Sam, it's your job to find me some music that says class, something that says dignity, something that says there's a lot of history of one of our longtime friends and allies. (laughs) So, Prince Harry and Meghan... They've got this ridiculous Netflix show out that, I don't know. I don't know anybody that's interested in this kind of crap. If you are, God bless you. But uh, they're being called hypocrites because they've been flying all over the country. They went to New York City. Megan came to Indianapolis for an event. And considering how staunch they are that the world is going to end from climate change, they've been flying private. Now, keep in mind, oh. private jets are five to 14 times more uh, pollutant than commercial planes per passenger. The carbon footprint is disgusting, but they're the first two that's going to give you a lecture, Brian. Yeah. I, aren't we just tired of this crap from celebrities and from politicians just giving us that same line while they're not following the rules themselves or setting an example? 100%. All right. Coming up next, right after five, we'll check in with Joe Biden. We've got a Joe Rogan rock feud and the debut of religious stuff. That's coming up next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. It is the Hammer and Nigel show, but Big Nigel is not here today. So Brian Baker, Naptown Bry, filling in. For Big Nige today, Brian, thank you so much for uh, sitting in the uh, shotgun seat this afternoon. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Let's not waste any time. Let's get down to business. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. But I'm not stupid. The guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend. So, Brian, (laughs) I'm going to play you a couple clips here. These are speeches from your president, the commander-in-chief, within the last 24 hours. You tell me which Joe Biden speech is your favorite. We've got Joe Biden talking about taking your seats. I don't know if any of you have any seats, but if you have a seat, please take them. I once said that when I first became president, and they said, Biden is so slow, he doesn't realize there are no seats out here. (laughs) Just awkward, weird, making fun of himself, which some people do, and it's charming and funny. You know, we make fun of ourselves all the time, but we also don't have dementia. So there's that. Now, here is Joe Biden speaking at the... The event where they were talking about all the new computer chips. We'll construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, the three nano chips, the three nano chip, chips and three (laughs) nano. And you know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
Nano, no, no. I don't know. So, uh, Brian, yeah. I defer to you. Your wisdom is on the line here. Which of those clips is your favorite? There's no question. It's nano chips, Biden, for sure. <laughs> nano, no, no. I was waiting for a Mork Nanu Nanu coming out of there somewhere. <laughs> well, I think that's what he was going for, but he just didn't quite pull it together in the moment. You know, I, I've almost, I appreciate you playing that clip for me, Hammer, because recently I've begun to suspect that maybe I've just started to get desensitized to uh, <laughs> what an embarrassment he is. And this makes me realize, oh, no, it's still there. No. Just when you think you've reached the bottom of the barrel <laughs> of Joe Biden incompetence, he says, Nanu, no, no. And you realize that if you lift up the barrel and you look underneath the barrel there's a whole new level of stupidity oh. awaiting you my friend oh my gosh um <laughs> all right we've been talking about it this is the debut of this everybody turn your radios up let's do some religious stuff god yeah. satan donations <laughs> religious stuff these are stories that involve religion, okay? And Kirk Cameron, probably best known as the guy from Growing Pains. He was uh, the cool, you know, older brother on Growing Pains. Yes. He is being denied by libraries around the country because he wants to come in and read story time. He's got a new faith-based book out for kids. He has sent messages to 50-plus libraries around the country, including Indianapolis, and he's not gotten a single yes from these people yet. Now, keep in mind, many of these same libraries that are not giving Kirk Cameron a chance to read his faith-based book uh, to kids are actively offering drag queen story hours or similar programs. So I ask you, Brian Baker— the Seaver kid can't talk about God, but you can have a fat dude dressed as a woman twerking in front of your five-year-old. Are you okay with this? No, I'm not okay with it, man. I mean, it just I'm disgusted with the level of activism and how they've managed to infiltrate uh, on levels that our children are being exposed to this crap. Because I can tell you, I mean, listen, I got a six-year-old daughter, and some of these issues my wife and I talk about, God, well, how are we going to handle this when this starts coming up, you know? And it is amazing to me that before you start introducing all of these twisted concepts to children, it's amazing how they just naturally know exactly how things are supposed to work you know my my, my daughter the the other day we were talking about uh, you know that she wants to grow up and uh, and and she's got this uh, boy that she liked in preschool that she wants to marry someday and you know I, I might be okay with it he seems like he comes from a nice family but she was talking about how one of her friends wanted to, to marry a girl and she wasn't okay with that and I thought you know kids kind of instinctively inherently know some things you know but then once we as adults start to kind of pervert them with our own concepts of justice and fairness and and what is normal that's when they really get screwed up and thrown off track man now here's a statement from the indianapolis public libraries team in regards to why kirk cameron will not be coming to speak quote generally when we have author visits those are coordinated through our departments we really have a push we have a strategic plan in place so we are really looking at authors who are diverse authors of color that's really been our focus. When Brave Books pointed out that Kirk Cameron's book contributes in its own way to a diverse collection of ideas, the library says, quote, well, 
we are focused on racial equity. That's a statement <laughs> from someone who works at the Indianapolis Public Library. Well, I, you know, I think Kirk may uh, just uh, you know have to get a, a little bit uh, more clever in how he's going about this. He's just going to have to put on a dress and some makeup, and uh, maybe they'll be more open-minded to having him read his book. <laughs> That's what it. That's what he has to do right there. The best way to get people to see your message about God is put on a pair of panties and twerk in front of the kids. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, not that Matt Bear has ever done that, but uh, Matt Bear, what's going on? Hammer and Nigel Show. Stop it. Stop, stop it. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. And joining us now on the drivehubler.com hotline. You know her. You love her. She saves you money. She is my better half. Crystal Hammer, the crazy coupon lady. How are you, love? I am good. Where's Nigel? I'd rather talk to Nigel. Well, it's in his contract that if I miss a show, he has to miss five. Because I actually missed the day uh, earlier in the week when I was sick. Last week, Uh, I actually had a sick day. And uh, it's in his contract that if I miss one day, he has to miss five. Well, I'd rather talk to him than you. I talk to you enough, fat ass. Well, I love you too, hon. Um, <laughs> before we get into uh, some of the deals you have, there's a couple things that I want to bring up here. We got a tweet yeah. the other day. Um, it was on my personal account, not the Hammer and Nigel one. It was on my at Jason Allen Hammer account. There was a listener that says, hey, tell uh, your better half that my wife is spending a lot of money on her, quote, savings. Now, I believe this was a tongue-in-cheek kind of response, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Okay, well, there's two things. So, first, if she is just starting out and she's trying to create a stockpile in the house, it will feel like you are spending more money than you normally do. And I, when, when I first started doing this again, which was, what, around March, I think it was? Right. Even Even you said to me, Man, I feel like you're spending more money. And I said, just give me a month or two and let me get my stockpile. And then you're going to start seeing that everything else is going to fall in place. And I think you see that now because when we go to the grocery store, our bill used to be astronomical. And now it's it's manageable. And I think you see that, right? Right. And we've got like our own store basically in the house now so when we run out of shampoo when we run out of deodorant we don't have to go to the store because thanks to your couponing skills we have extra and i just go grab one from the stockpile exactly and 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 you even have said to me that i don't go out as much now and shop because now i'm to the point of i'm not just going out and buying every single deal I'm just going out and buying what I need to keep my stockpile at where it should be, which is about two to three months. So if she's starting the stockpile, then it will feel at first like she's spending more money. Now, if she's not starting the stockpile and it's just a, I want to go out and get the killer deal, because sometimes you can really get caught up in that. You know, it, 
you'll go out and buy things that you don't even use for your family just because you want that thrill of getting it, you know, for dirt cheap, then you are spending unnecessary money. So that's where you got to kind of toe that line of do I really need it or am I just doing it to get the deal? Right, because even if it's a killer deal, if it's not something you use for your house or your family, don't waste your time on it, right? Right. I mean, don't waste your time on it unless it's something that you feel that you could get and donate, like, say, to a shelter or a school or something of that nature. If you have a plan for that product, um, even though your family may not use it, but it's something that, like, say, the women's shelter could use, like if it's makeup. Like, I don't wear makeup, but sometimes if I see a great deal on some makeup, I might buy it because that's the kind of stuff that I can donate to, like, the women's shelter for women who, you know, need it for, like, job interviews and, and things of that nature. All right, so point number two that I want to get to before we talk about your deals this week. We had a little situation. We had a little incident at the Dollar Tree. Now, you conned me in to going to the damn Dollar Tree. Most wives, when they tell their husband, hey, come shopping with me, they think, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to get clothes, we're going to get some sort of merchandise, some sort of retail you tricked my ass into going to the Dollar Tree because you said we needed more decorations for the fence, more Christmas decorations like ribbons and candy canes and all that type of stuff. So I end up at the Dollar Tree with you, and you're buying all the decorations, and it's a cart full. But there's only one checkout lane that's open. Take me through what happens next. Uh, first of all, it's not the Dollar Tree. Due to inflation, it's a dollar twenty-five tree. Which sucks. That out. Thanks, Biden. I You've know. ruined the bite. You've ruined the Dollar Tree, <laughs> Biden. <laughs> so yes, I like to go to the dollar twenty-five tree and buy you know certain decorations just to decorate the fence with because they're outside, they're in the weather, and I don't want to spend a lot of money on things that I'm probably just going to throw away because I mean they're going to get rained on, snow on, or whatnot. Well, they only had one register open, and God love the guy, he came into the line after he had already started checking my stuff out, and he only had a candy bar. (laughs) So let me back up just a little bit. You're in line, the only line that's open, you've got a cart full of holiday crap. You've got stuff that goes on the fence, you've got ribbons, you've got bow ties. There's probably about 40 things in your cart. During the process of checking out, which, by the way, the guy working, I think a sloth could have beat him in the race, some dude comes up behind you while you're already in the process, and he only had like a candy bar and a Coke. And what happens then? Well, first I want to say it was more than 40 items because I believe my total is over $100. That's Um, right. That's right. (laughs) Who spends $100 damn dollars at the Dollar Tree? Me? But anyways, he's, um, th- that's, not, that's not the point. Let's move on. Um, but he was grunting, and he was like, <sighs> and I mean, if he would have got there before the guy started checking out my order, I would have gladly let him go ahead of me. But the kid was already halfway through checking out my order, so what was I supposed to do? Yeah, and this dude was being a total turd, right? The guy behind you in line, like, grunting and making all these noises. He was so put out. But the fact of the matter is, you got there first. The transaction was already happening. So I started making some mean, 
side eye to this guy, and you had to tell me to like chill out just a little bit, which was the last thing I want to hear when I'm at the Dollar Tree against my will, and you're spending a hundred damn dollars. Okay, can we move on to my? <laughs> but listen, as much as I, you know, fight with you in regards to a lot of this stuff, I had your back in that case. Let the record clearly state because you were in the right. There was only one lane open. What were you supposed to do? I guess maybe what I could have done, and I didn't think about it at the time, is maybe I should have grabbed what he was going to get and purchase it for have the kid scan it purchase it for him and let him go no screw him screw him you don't have to buy his candy you don't have to buy his mountain dew he can take a one-way ticket to hell as far as i'm concerned if he's going to sit there and be you know sigh and grunt guy no well then maybe that's why he was grumpy because he didn't have his sugar maybe he's got diabetes You're right. You're right. Maybe that's what it was about. All right. Crazy coupon lady. Crazy Christmas lady. Crystal Hammer, what do you have for us this week? Okay. I just have two deals that I want to talk to you about, and they're both at Walgreens. And this is these are kind of deals that you might have to, like, if you're out and about and you see a Walgreens and you've got time to stop, stop by and see if they have these products. But the first one is on, like, storage bags, not I don't want to say Ziploc because it's not the Ziploc brand. This is the uh, Walgreens brand of Ziploc bags. But they are normally priced at $2.79, and this includes freezer bags, sandwich bags, snack size bags. But they are on sale that when you buy one at $2.79, you get two boxes for free. So that makes them just $0.93 cents a box, which is less than the $1.25 tree, and it's a better quality product. So if you need freezer bags, sandwich bags, snack bags, stop by. And, and But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's such a good deal. It's going to be hard to find them. So if you're out and about, just stop at a Walgreens and see if they have some. And if Abdul is listening, these are the perfect types of bag that he can put his edibles and weed in. Is that correct? <laughs> um Sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I wouldn't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing about that. Well, I have one more deal I just want to say. It's the same type of deal at Walgreens, but it's for the big jar candles, the complete home care. It's, again, they are also buy one, get two free. So you get three large jar candles for eleven ninety nine or $3.99 each. Those are great Christmas presents. So, again, um, try to, you know, I mean, who can get a Christmas present under 5 bucks anymore? So for teachers or coworkers, it's something it's great for you to go look for. And I will have um, all this breakdown and, and stuff posted on my page, and I'll send it to you to post on the Hammer and Nigel page as well. We'll get that up on our social media, Facebook and Twitter at Hammer and Nigel. Crystal Hammer, the crazy coupon lady. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you tonight. Love you. Love you too. All right. We got Casey Daniels coming up next, the side piece segment. That is coming up next right now. Let's take a look at the news. and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. 
Big Nige is out. Brian Baker is in and sliding into the studio <laughs> like she slides into those DMs. <laughs> the side piece, Casey Daniels, is here. How are you, Miss Casey? I'm good. How about you? Good, good. A lot of places we can start here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Elon Musk. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Elon Musk has a couple journalists get all of these, quote, Twitter files. Mm-hmm. And one of them goes on a tweet storm this mm-hmm. past Friday. Matt Taibbi. They tease more to come. Right. A couple days go by, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday, right around 4, 5 o'clock, we get kind of an update. Not necessarily a dump, but an update where Taibi is basically saying, sorry it took so long, but the lawyer mm-hmm. over at Twitter, mm-hmm. which has since been kicked out of Twitter mm-hmm. and fired, was being a weasel about this whole thing. Yeah. So your view from 30,000 feet here, what are you seeing with Elon Musk and Twitter and censorship and all that kind of stuff? Oh, boy. That's a big question. Okay, so I uh, I love that Elon's doing it. I, I think it's great that he's putting it all out there because I think the more transparency and clarity we have, uh, it's better to make our own informed decision. You know, it used to be the news outlets would give you the facts and you would form your opinion. Well, now that's morphed into they give you their opinion and you have to determine what are the facts. And it hasn't been, you know, like the first way in a long time. Right. So I think it's really good that Elon's trying to be transparent and just letting people make their own decision. And, you know, I said I said something earlier this week that I thought Elon Musk reminds me of this guy, Jacob Reese. And if you don't know who Jacob Reese is, he is what many people consider the father of photography. He wasn't the founder of the Reese's Pieces. No, different guy completely. But he (laughs) was the guy who went out and took pictures of the New York slums in the late 1800s, right? And he really shone this light on what is going on and made people realize how other people live and what's going on. He put the truth out there and made Americans talk about it. And I think that's what Elon is doing. He's shining a light on this and he's making Americans talk about it. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Twitter is the town square. Yes. So let these newspapers post what they want and the town square part of it comes in the comments section if you disagree with it you don't believe it that's where you say it you don't just completely censor the post altogether but i'm a little surprised that james baker was still on the payroll for as long as he was but you know elon said he's 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 gone now he's gone and i got into this with tony katz a little bit yesterday when he joined us so what happens next? Mm-hmm. Like, Because I have very little faith that anything is going to happen. All of these Twitter files, these dumps, they're great. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's stuff we already knew. Maybe we didn't know about the exact things that were happening mm-hmm. back behind the scenes. Yeah. But this is stuff that a lot of people suspected was already happening. Yeah, exactly. What are the Republicans going to do? Tony says they've got to fight back. I agree, Mm -hmm. but that's never really been the Republican strong suit. They've always been kind of Mm wishy-washy and kind of like Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. They're going (laughs) to bitch, they're going to moan, then they're going to bend over and take it up the tailpipe and nothing's (laughs) going to change. I don't know. I think Jim Comer keeps coming out saying they're going to investigate and they've got these whistleblower and him and Grassley Grassley are going to do something about it. I'm thinking, what do you have to investigate? Elon's done it for you. Just go to his files. They're right there. So hopefully they will, but will it change anything? Not any, 
you know, behavior by the Biden administration or the DNC. Or even the media, for that matter. Mm. How much coverage outside of Twitter right. mm-hmm. and maybe Fox News mm-hmm. have you seen about this on the major Seven networks? Seven seconds on Sunday. Seven seconds. Yeah, on Friday and Saturday, the big three gave zero time, but on Sunday, seven seconds. So will they change? No, they're biased. You know what? They're they're saying Wikipedia. They tried to change the entry in Wikipedia, but they said it's non-trivial left-wing bias. So this is a big <laughs> nothing burger. It's not notable. So and it's not even... just Twitter either. I mean, it's Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's Google. It's big tech. Mm-hmm. And I know that's like a vast you know term you lump a lot of people into that category Mm -hmm. but you look at the major players here they were all in this together yeah absolutely it's well and it's not even the media i think the fbi is in this as well i'll be really interested to see what the next dump is and if they censored more than just what was on the hunter biden laptop and they can argue that you can't endanger human lives with misinformation you know the old falsely shouting there's a fire in a crowded theater thing that's prohibited okay but is covering deleting censoring eliminating a story about a president's son and both of their financial dealings going to endanger lives No, the only thing that endangers is their career. I'm going to take that quote that you had. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it on a piece of paper. I'm going to laminate it, and I'm going to hang it up in that unisex bathroom. Casey Daniels, I'm looking forward to the next dump that you may have. (laughs) Casey Daniels joining us in studio with the side piece. Bring a candle. Light a match. (laughs) Is with the Kendall and Casey show every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Uh, Georgia last night Mm -hmm. kind of went exactly how we thought it would go. We knew it would be close, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, uh, it was going to go to the Democrats. Yeah. And I fought with Nigel on this yesterday. I was a little feisty yesterday. <laughs> Nigel feels Just like yesterday. the leadership <laughs> it doesn't really matter with the Republican Party, to mm-hmm. which I'm at the point to where I'm tired of losing. Mm-hmm. Look at what's gone on in this country the last two years. Yeah. From inflation mm-hmm. to a debacle of foreign policy, mm-hmm. a wide open border, mm-hmm. fentanyl. Rising and, I mean, crime. All this kind of stuff. Crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it seems like we just keep voting for the same people. Like, do we care anymore? Well, is that a product of people are just programmed to vote to the party that they like, right, or does there have to be new leadership? Can some of these middle-of-the-road voters be won over? Because whatever the leadership, and that means Ronna McDaniel, that means Cocaine Mitch, that <laughs> means Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. all of the McFailures, as I call them, Yeah, are they doing something wrong? Is it the wrong messaging? Or are people just programmed to vote blue or vote red? Damn whoever the candidate is. Yeah, well, okay, so I was watching CNN last night, and I was screaming at my TV the way some people might scream at their radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was watching CNN. Most, I do the same thing, Mostly though. just so I can see what they're saying. Right. I channel surf around just yeah. to see how the coverage is different. Right, exactly. And uh, at one point, one of the reporters said, we're seeing a trend where people aren't voting straight ticket. And, you know... She seemed very surprised by that. Of course, that's the, uh, I don't know, the more informed way to vote. You don't want to go straight ticket. But in Georgia, I wasn't surprised what happened. You knew Atlanta was going to be mostly blue. You knew Athens was going to be mostly blue. I was surprised at one point that Walker actually nearly tied him for for a minute there right. and then they declared uh you know the the race for Warnock 
I don't know. I feel like the Democratic Party has their messaging and their narrative down. It is down, locked tight. Of course, they've got the media on their side helping them. They're playing the game better. Right. Like, we might not understand the need to vote early, and we, as conservatives, Mm -hmm. might really enjoy going out voting the day of. Mm -hmm. But right now, the Democrats, whether you like it or not, they're mopping the floor Mm -hmm. with the Republicans on early voting, Mm -hmm. mail-in voting, Mm -hmm. ballot harvesting. You don't have to like it, but if it exists, you got to play the game and you got to fight fire with fire. Exactly. We keep like turning the other cheek and at what point are we going to play their game with them? You know, I mean, they are masters at gaslighting and manipulation and control and just looking you straight in the eye and lying to you. So if that's what it takes, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather be honest about it, but they're they're. They just keep doing it, and we just keep losing because right. of it. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, it's candidates. It's where you know we're not offering up good candidates." Well, I think it's a combination. Actually, you got to have a good candidate. Plus, you got to have a clear, concise, consistent message. And you're going to have to change what you're doing because what you're doing right now mm-hmm. isn't working. It's not working. We got to pick up our ground game, kids. Uh, got about a minute left here with mm-hmm. Casey Daniels. Were you a big boxing fan? Did you ever get into boxing? Yes, I did. I did too. Yeah. I always liked boxing more than like UFC. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like wrestling was totally different because we know that that's scripted and it's right. like a soap opera for dudes. But like <laughs> boxing and UFC is mm-hmm. what we think legitimate sport. Mm-hmm. But boxing's gotten so corrupt and so dirty over the last couple of years. Feels like UFC has leapfrogged it. Mm-hmm. But when we were growing up, mm-hmm. like those big boxing matches, they were the premier pay-per-view events. Absolutely. And the man that was usually in the ring was Judge Mills Lane. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad day because you're telling me the judge has passed away. Yeah, he did. He passed away. What was his famous saying? Let's get it on. Let's get it on. So here's a question. This guy was a lawyer and a judge. And a referee for boxing. Yes. So which out of all of those positions was the toughest one? Do you think it's harder to be a lawyer and defend a client that you don't believe? Is it harder to be a judge and uh, hand down a sentence to someone? Or was it tougher to be in the ring with Tyson and Holyfield when Tyson was biting ears? (laughs) Oh, it's got to be in the ring with Tyson when he's in his biting phase. Absolutely. But that guy, you know, that that judge, he must have had a really authoritarian presence about him to be able to do all of those positions you know and he was also featured on celebrity death match on mtv (laughs) remember the little like claymation kind of thing that they had yeah so rest in peace to judge mills lane Mm -hmm. uh what is coming up uh, on the side piece what are you working on you know what i'm writing an article about radiothon and the salvation army and how people can donate and uh actually the uh interstation contest between the shows and uh the future pie in the face hopefully of hammer and nigel (laughs) looking forward to it (laughs) wibc.com look for the side piece with casey daniels casey thank you thank you it's the hammer and nigel show Hello, all my friends. This is Brett Michaels, and you're listening to my friends right here, Hammer and Nigel, and they're about to rock your world. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Naptown Bry, Brian Baker, filling in for Nigel today. Uh, Coming up here in just a few minutes after 6 o'clock is Governor Holcomb. 
considering a run for Senate here in Indiana. We'll touch on that. And Brian, being a Georgia resident, he will recap everything you need to know about why Raphael Warnock beat Herschel Walker in that Senate runoff seat last night. We'll also touch on the leadership of the RNC, the GOP. Are you down with OPP? We'll touch on all of that coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, Reminder, though, tonight, coming up at 7.30, IU basketball pregame, Nebraska at Indiana, Big Ten basketball, Hoosiers trying to bounce back from that loss against Rutgers over the weekend. Now, the iconic voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, not on the call tonight. He is out accepting an award for all of his greatness somewhere. So our very own John Herrick from the newsroom and the IU radio network, John Herrick will be on the call tonight. So I think it's only appropriate that we have great moments in John Herrick history. This is an actual news story. This is my favorite news story John Herrick has ever done. We have not doctored this audio. This happened on our air. And listener discretion advised for this next story. A school district in California telling parents that flyers posted on one of its campuses and on social media are just a prank. Someone posted flyers around Moreno Valley Unified School District this week saying the school district was conducting a penis inspection day in October (laughs) and even said there would be a mandatory health check. While the flyer also read, making fun of anyone's penis could get students expelled. Oh, no. The principal says the student who hung up the flyers has been identified and is being punished. All the flyers have since been taken down. Great moments in John Herrick history right there. And he's going to be on the call tonight for the Hoosiers as they take on Nebraska right here on 93 WIBC. Do not go anywhere. We got one more hour to go. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Penis Inspection Day 